your expectation is the ground for breakthrough. Amen. Uh, your expectation is the ground for breakthrough. The day you received Jesus, your life became better. Amen. Um, in fact, it just didn't become better. Your life, you actually started living. You were dead. Jesus did not just come to make your life better, but he came to make you alive. Amen. You are alive now. You're alive. You didn't even know what it meant to be alive. Now you are alive. Amen. And now once you're alive, huh? Hmm. You need to learn to live this life that we have in Jesus. So you are in this training period. Amen. Don't just see your time on earth just a passing away time that one day you will get to heaven and that's when you will encounter the fullness of God. No, 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 no. Gospel is about encountering God in his fullness today, right here, right now. Amen. Let no one deceive you. Let no one deceive you into believing that it'll take five years, it'll happen once you die, it'll happen in the pearly gates. No one deceive you. The gospel is right here, right now. Amen. Luke 17, 21 says, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Amen. Oh, man. Hallelujah. Jesus' message was, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Meaning, he's saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's, it's, it's within your hand's reach. Just change your mind. Repentance is not remorse, not feeling sorry. It's just about change your mind. If you can change your mind, you can encounter the kingdom which is right within your hand's reach. The kingdom of God is not here, not there. The kingdom of God is within you. I want to submit to you the kingdom of God is not here or there. The kingdom of God is right within you. Within you. When you received Jesus, who is the king of kings, he came with his entire entourage and he came with the entire reality of heaven's kingdom within you. Amen. See, when Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand and if you're still waiting, it's been 2,000 years and we're still waiting for Jesus to come back for his kingdom to come, something is wrong with the church. Jesus came to establish God's kingdom. Amen? He did not do an incomplete job. He completed his job. Jesus has established his kingdom. In fact, where is Jesus right now? Where is Jesus right now? He's at the right hand 
of the father. What is he doing at the right hand of the father? Such a boring job would it be, right? If Jesus has nothing to do, just wait. I'm just waiting to come back. Why does somebody sit on a throne? When, when we say that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, what is he doing? What is he doing on the throne? He is reigning. He is reigning. Jesus is reigning right now as we speak. But what is he reigning over? He's reigning over his kingdom that he established on the earth just before he left. Jesus gave a parable saying the kingdom of God is like an east. Is like an east that can infect the entire dough. East is something that is very small. Almost negligent. But if you put it inside a dough, no matter how, how, how vast the volume of the dough is, it, it has the power, the yeast has the power to infect the entire dough. So Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like an yeast that will infect the entire dough. So just before he left, he left that yeast on the earth so that this yeast can infect the entire earth. The kingdom of God is here. Can I submit to you, we're not waiting for a kingdom to happen. The kingdom of God is here. In fact, the kingdom of God is you. You are the kingdom. Turn with me, let me show you a verse. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 6. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 6. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his. And we are his house. Christ is faithful over God's house as his son. And who is the house? We are the house. Who is the kingdom? We are the kingdom. Who is the temple of the living God? We are the temple. We are the kingdom that Jesus has established on this earth. What is the meaning of kingdom? Kingdom means, comes from two English words which means king and domain. King's domain. Kingdom means wherever the jurisdiction of the king lies, wherever his dominion lies, that's his kingdom. So the prime minister's jurisdiction lies across the borders of India. Right? Our Indian prime minister's jurisdiction is applicable within the borders of India because that's his jurisdiction. That, that is what he was elected for. Jesus' jurisdiction is God's kingdom. Right? And when you received this king, you have come under his jurisdiction and this you have become part of the kingdom wherein that you yourself has become the kingdom. I sense a lot of unbelief. So let me show you some verses. Uh, 2 Corinthians. You don't believe me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Are you with me? Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. Now, 
Are you ambassadors for Christ? Who is an ambassador? An ambassador is a representative of a different country, of a different kingdom. You are, rep you are representing Christ. You are representing heaven's kingdom. You are an ambassador for Christ. Do you know in India, you have, we have the American embassy, right? The M American embassy is, is like as if it's the soil of America. Even though it's in India, if someone commits a crime and somehow takes asylum within the embassy of America, Indian government can't go inside and prosecute them. They have to go through the proper channels of talking to the American government because the moment they enter the American embassy that is in Delhi, they have entered the jurisdiction of America. Okay? Now an embassy, an embassy's jurisdiction is defined by the ambassador who rules over that embassy. When you are an ambassador for Christ, you come with the power and jurisdiction of an embassy. Of an embassy of heaven. The church is not a religious term. The church comes from, a, from the Greek word ecclesia. Ecclesia is not a religious term. Ecclesia is a political term. Jesus used the term ecclesia even before there was any church, right? Even before there was a building with a cross on it. Jesus used the term ecclesia and those people understood it. What did they understand by it? We understand church as a religious place of worship. But that's not how the disciples and the Pharisees understood the, understood the term ecclesia. When the term Ecclesia was used, it was understood as a political term which was equivalent to, the synonym of that term is a senate, an embassy, a legislative assembly. Church is not a religious term. Ecclesia is not a religious term. Ecclesia is a political term that says that you are, and me are God's legislative assembly on earth right here. We get to decide what heaven has to release over the earth. Church is not just a gathering of people. It's a governing body. So when you come to church, because everybody has their own agenda of coming to church. Young people come to see young people to find their future partner. But understand this, church is not just a gathering of people. Church is the governing body of Christ that decides what needs to happen on the earth. It is heaven's embassy right here on earth. It is heaven's embassy. Amen? So, we, so, so the earth... Earth's rules and jurisdictions does not apply to the heaven's embassy. But we get to decide what legislations, what rules, what, what resources we want to build, we want to bring on this earth so that we can influence the kingdom of the world. 
kingdom of god is here to influence the kingdom of the world you are not here to be influenced by the world you are here to influence the world you are the east you know you are the east you are the fungus that infects the earth you know when we were in bhopal um, after the after the conference got over a lot of people came and you know they got prayed over and uh, someone was telling me hey you know wash your hands because there was somebody there who had fungus in their hands and and the immediate thought i had was the thought of fear oh i could get infected but then immediately i realized i'm speaking about the kingdom the kingdom is infectious is darkness more infectious than light or light more infectious than darkness you 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 have a room full of darkness the moment a tiny glimmer of light shines the entire darkness has to flee darkness has does not have power over light light has power over darkness amen we are so scared of the world we are so scared of you know the darkness of the world can i tell you you have been called to be here you have been put here you have been designated appointed for a time and a place like this so that the light of jesus shines through your life so you don't have to be afraid of darkness you just have to be the light turn to somebody and say don't be afraid of darkness be the light be the light no matter how how big the darkness is this amount of light will do its work amen do you know where you lose where you lose the intensity of light is when you are already in a lit place see you are already in a lit place that's why these small bulbs you hardly can see you notice them they're just there for decoration but you take the small bulb somewhere where the room is fully dark and that's where you realize the potential of that bulb that's why can i say this sundays when you come to church or when you come for fellowship it is for you and me to recognize our potential but for you to really shine you have to go out into the dark world if you just attend sunday to sunday church even though you are shining okay you're a 20 watt bulb you will not see the significance of that bulb why we are because we are already in a lit place those bulbs will be used for decoration we'll keep you remove the dust but if you really want to see what that light in you can do you have to have the courage to step into the darkness and to preach the gospel amen amen i speak right now in the name of jesus spirit of boldness spirit of boldness over your life spirit of boldness over your life to not be afraid of the dark but to recognize the light that is shining in and through you the light of the gospel come in the light of the gospel shine out streams of living waters come out in the name of jesus 
in the name of Jesus to become the light of the world. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Ah. Church, it is time for us to take our place. The church cannot stay defeated. The church cannot stay beyond the defense. For, for far too long we have been on the defense, right? Trying to play safe. Stay comfortable. The church needs to take its place. Come with me, Matthew chapter 18. 16, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16 was 18. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, the context of this passage is, Jesus is asking his disciples, what do people say who I am? And some of the disciples said, you are the prophet, you are the man of God, you are Elijah, you are John the Baptist. You know, they say n number of things. And then Jesus looks at Peter and he says, okay, you tell me, what do you think I am? Who do you think I am? And Peter says, you are the son of God. You are the son of God. And Jesus says, this revelation did not come to you by your natural thinking. This revelation has come to you because the Father in heaven has revealed to you. So I want to say, if you recognize that Jesus is the Son of God, it did not dawn on you because of your natural thinking. It came because the Father in heaven has released it, has revealed it to you. Amen? For those of you who are doubting if you are in relationship with God or not, can I tell you this with assurance that the very fact that you stepped into this room, you walked into this room, you walked, you know, you opened the door and you stepped in and you switched on your camera, you are in Zoom. The very fact you did that is a proof, is an evidence that the Father in heaven has revealed it to you that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. So Jesus is the Son of God. It's a heavenly revelation. You did not get it because you were intellectual. You got it because the Father has revealed it to you. Amen. Now, now Jesus says, and I tell you, you are Peter. Peter, the Greek word is Petros, which means a small stone. You are Petros. And on this rock, rock, the Greek word is Petra, rock is a boulder, a big stone. So he says, you are Petros, you're a small stone, but on this rock, which rock? Which rock? Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God. On the revelation that Jesus is the Son of God, that's the rock, I will build my church. So who builds the church? Who builds the church? Jesus builds a church. Nobody else builds a church. It, it's not the pastor who builds a church. It's not the apostle, not the deacon. It's not money. It's not finances. It is Jesus who builds his church. Again, who is the church? Yeah. So who is building you? Jesus is building you. I'm saying, I'm saying, okay, you have doubt in how faithful you can be to Jesus, right? 
you are you are probably worried about your inconsistency in your relationship with god but jesus says i will build my church can you put your confidence in the words of jesus can you put your confidence in the faithfulness of jesus that if jesus has said that he will build his church then i will be built too because you are the church jesus says i will build my church and the gates of hell the greek word over here is not accurately translated translated it should be the gates of hades and the gates of hades shall not prevail against it hades means grave what does hades mean great jesus saying i will build my church and the gates of grave the power of death will not prevail against the church have you seen the lord of the rings or any other war movies of the olden times right you see one army is always the attacking army and the other army is the defending army right now which army of the two the attacking or the defending which army uses gates as their weapons which army i have i have never seen i have never seen an attacking army carrying gates to attack an attacking army will never use gates it's the defending army that feels protected behind the gates right so when jesus says i will build my church and the gates of hades shall not prevail against this who is attacking who is defending is the church defending or is the church attacking church is attacking my friends but we are behaving because the devil has deceived us into believing that the church is so weak that the church is so fragile and the enemy is so strong so the devil has you know hoodwinked us into believing that we cannot attack so we think that we are defending but in fact the jesus that the the church that jesus is building is an attacking church is an attacking church light does not defend light attacks darkness you are attacking you are attacking the gates of hades going at it again and again again and again again and again and jesus promises the church that i build the gates of hades shall not prevail against it meaning there is some time that it will stand against it but there is going to come a time when the gates of hades shall not stand against it it has to break down it has to be overcome it has to be overrun amen amen so what am i trying to tell you our responsibility as a church is not just to come and sing songs and go back our responsibility as a church of course there's worship listening to the word fellowship all of that is there but our responsibility is to keep hitting at the gates of hades keep keep breaking at the hate, gates of hades keep attacking the gates of hades keep keep bringing it on pressing on no what a sad amen our call the call upon your life 
the call upon your life is to keep attacking hell i love what renard bonke used to say my dream is hell empty heaven full can that be possible that's our calling let me show you something your calling philippians chapter 3 Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 Philippians 3 verse 13 this is Paul he says brothers i do not consider that i i have made it my own but one thing i do forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead Can I tell you this guys if you want to move forward in your walk with God you have to forget what lies behind You have to forget what lies behind You know the devil uses your past to disqualify you from moving forward He uses your sin he uses your shame he uses your guilt he uses your condemnation he sometimes can use even the even the past victory that you had in your relationship with god oh sam look at those days in 1947 when you used to pray for 8 hours look at your life right now say with me forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead so you have to forget what lies behind great my relationship with god was great yesterday but that's not my focus today my focus is today right now my relationship was not great yesterday but that's not my focus my focus is right now right now i press on see with me i press on he says i press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of god in christ jesus paul is saying the great apostle paul is saying i still press on I still press on for the upward call. Press on. Press on. Press on. Forget forget what has happened yesterday. Forget what has happened in the last decade. Move forward. Press on. Press on. What what is he asking you to press on for? Now if you want to understand that you read you need to read the previous verse verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect but i press on to make it my own again press on because christ jesus has made me his own again he's not explaining so let's go one more verse above verse 11 this is what he's pressing on that by any means possible i may attain the resurrection from the dead Now here's my thing. If you're going to wait, if our theology is that you know when Jesus comes, the second coming of Jesus, He raises all the dead people, and that's when the resurrection of the dead happens. Then why is Paul saying this? That by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And he says, I have not attained this yet. I'm being honest with you. I have not attained this, but this is the this is the call for which I am pressing on. 
for which I'm pressing on so that I can attain the resurrection from the dead. That's the call that Paul knew that was upon his life. And he says, I want to press on. Press on. Christian life is not just, not just about living a life of comfort. It's just not about getting the, you know, getting the next promotion or, or getting married, having children. And all, all that is good. Not denying that. Those are blessings from God. But the reason why Jesus died for you is for you to experience life and resurrection. Life and resurrection. So press on, press on, press on. When you feel like your entire life has gone into ruins, press on because the resurrection of you know the resurrection and the life is within you. Press on, keep pressing on. When you're on your bed, you're sick, you're having headache and sinus and, um, I don't know, stomach upset, you know, press on. Press on, press on. Don't give up. Press on. When somebody has hurt you, you're emotionally tired of investing in the relationship, press on. Why? For the power of resurrection is within you. Press on. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't let anything to make you give up in life. Press on for the spirit of resurrection is within you. The same spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Gives life to your mortal bodies. So press on. Oh, so pastor, what are you saying? We won't die? I don't know. But will you press on? Will you press on? Will you fight the enemies that Jesus died for? Press on, believing that his work is finished and his work is complete. Look at Paul. Don't you think he had issues in his life? He had physical ailments to fight through, but he pressed on. Pressed on. I press on. I press on for this is my upward calling so that in any way possible I can attain the resurrection from the dead. Amen. You know how Paul died? He was beheaded. So it's pretty obvious he didn't attain the resurrection from the dead. But still, he would rather die pressing on than give up. Would you rather die pressing on than giving up using your theology saying, yeah, maybe it's not for me, maybe it's thousand years later. Press on. See, it's, it's so interesting, right? The Bible is so clear with the things that we should do. But we want to fix on the things that are unclear. When is Jesus coming? Uh, is the Babylonian kingdom? Or is Russia the Babylon? Like, I'm saying, be, are, you, are you doing what the Bible is clear about? Very clear. Very clear about what the church should be doing. It's very clear. The upward call is to press on. Whoever is a Babylon, whoever is a harlot of Babylon, why, you know, when, when the time happens, you will know. But press on for the things that are clear. <laughs> I, I get these questions all the time. Who is the harlot of Babylon? And my question is, how, 
how does it change your life right now? There are so many mysteries in the Bible, right? You open the book of Revelation and, and you will find thousands of interpretations of this. There's thousands of interpretations. And none of it is clear. It's all theory. All theory, right? What I'm saying is, okay, me, I'm just, I'm just trying to be childlike. Jesus said a couple of things that are very clear, which you can't make theory about. Very clear. He said, heal the sick, raise the dead, preach the gospel. Very clear. There's no, you know, you, you don't need rocket science to analyze it and, you know, make a whole, uh, you know, PhD thesis on this and disprove it. You don't need that. It's very clear. The upward call of the church is to press on. Press on so that in every area of your life, you will experience the power of resurrection. Every area of your life. Be it emotions, be it your physical well-being, be it your relationships, be it your finances, be it your spiritual life. Anything maybe you have to press on to see the power of resurrection. You have to press on. That's our calling. Press on. Press on. Why? Because Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So if Jesus said it, I'll just follow what Jesus said. Press on. Press on. I'm having a headache. Press on. My stomach is not right. Press on. I'm having relationship issues. Press on. That person, that brother in the church offended me 10 times. Press on. Press on. Why? Because resurrection brings everything back to life from the dead. So you think you have invested everything in somebody's life and you know your heart, your emotional heart is dead because it has given everything out? Press on. For the same spirit of resurrection can raise that emotional heart as well. Press on. Press on. Amen? Every level of glory, glory has multiple levels. You begin in glory. By the way, you begin in glory. Good news, guys. You begin in glory. But glory has levels. We are called to move from glory to glory. And I'm saying you can move from glory to glory today. Today. Today there can be an upgrade. For moving from one level of glory to another, you need to move from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. So when you move from faith to faith, you, you are moving from glory to Glory. For certain amount of glory, it takes aggressive faith. The, the violence, the violence takes it by force. It does not, see some breakthrough is not happening in your life because you're not desperate enough to have a breakthrough. Can I say this again? Some breakthrough is not happening in your life because you're not desperate enough to have that breakthrough. You're just complacent. I anyways have the hospital to visit. But when you come to a point where you don't have plan B, huh? you don't have plan B, plan C, plan D. Plan A is prayer. Plan B is going to the doctor. Plan C is my father's inheritance. When you don't have these plans and you only have God is when you actually see those breakthroughs. 
you have to become desperate enough to actually wanting to take that inheritance because here's the thing guys god is not holding your breakthrough he's not holding your breakthrough colossians 1 verse 12 says giving thanks to the father who has qualified us for the spiritual inheritance in his saints so god has already released every breakthrough over your life the day jesus died and rose again and you believed in jesus you have a spiritual inheritance and the lord has released everything so it the problem is not from the lord the problem is at the receiving end the problem is at the receiving end you have to receive it some breakthroughs require aggressive receiving you have to take what is yours amen <laughs> are you desperate enough to get your breakthrough because if you're not desperate enough you will encounter some level of glory but you'll remain stagnant you want to move to the next level of glory get desperate get desperate you know when in fact i had a vision yesterday when we were praying the vision was and it's for you guys each one of you has the potential to fly fly like a rocket have you seen a rocket it goes vertically upwards boom one minute it has crossed the atmosphere you have the potential to grow like that you have the potential to grow but but here's the thing here's the thing when the rocket is igniting it ignites in stages okay and because the rocket has to cross has to overcome the power of gravity and has to cross the atmosphere it needs to throw out the weight so stage 0 is like throwing out the bigger chunk of rocket so if you see when rockets you know they ignite and they go upward some of it just comes down that enables them to move forward right and the more they go ahead some more chunks fall out which is stage 1 stage 2 so they ignite in stages and as they go through these stages they are actually losing the weight that they don't need you want to cross the next level of glory you have to lose the weight ah uh, let me show you hebrews come with me hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 have you got it no hebrews 12 verse 1 is it there no okay we'll wait on it oh yeah i i forgot to tell this verse okay hebrews 12 verse 1 i'll just read it for you listen it's here okay therefore since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us some of you you need to lose the weight the weight is not sin so you might be thinking i have no sin in my life that's absolutely fine but there are some weights that is holding you back but once you lose that weight you will move forward you will move higher
That was a good word, Sam. Keep preaching. Good word. So, my question to you is, are you desperate enough to get a spiritual upgrade in your life? Are you desperate enough? That's first question. Second, will you do what it takes? Because what it takes is to get off some weight that is pulling you down. Some weight. The author of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12, don't be like Esau, who for a meal rejected his birthright. Some of you, including me, okay? So don't feel condemned. This is just a time of enlightenment. Some of us are not encountering the next level of glory because of food. We are so addicted to food. And you might think, yeah, what has food got to do with anything? What has food got to do with anything? Some of the cravings that you have is what keeps you down in the spiritual journey. There is a spiritual influence, I'm telling you, with the food that you eat, with the cravings that you have. You don't believe me? I'll show you guys. You don't believe me. Yeah. Come. Sam's. Psalm 78 was 18. Psalm 78 was 18. This is again not something that I told them, so I'll just I'll just read this. They tested God in their heart. How did they test God? In their heart by demanding the food they craved. Your cravings test God. This is talking about the Israelites who just left Egypt, right? They left Egypt and they're craving for food and their craving is, is like limiting God, testing God. Verse 41, they tested God again and again and provoked the Holy One of Israel. Another word for provoke is limited the Holy One of Israel. Can God be limited to work in your life? Can God be limited to work in your life? Oh yes, he can be limited by your thinking. And sometimes these cravings that we have limits the work of God in our lives. What's the big deal about having chocolate? Nothing. No big deal. But the problem is when, when you're not able to satisfy that craving, are you still encountering the joy and peace of Jesus? That's the question. Nothing problem in for you to have that next Promotion. No problem in for you to desiring to have children and to desiring to get married. No problem in that. But the question is, when you don't have it, when you don't have it, are you still peaceful? Are you still joyful? That's the question. Because if the answer is no, something is wrong. Something needs correction. Our cravings limit God's power in our lives. Our cravings. Your sudden urge, midnight, you want to eat a pizza? I'm not condemning anyone, guys. I am here in this with you in the same boat. But what I'm saying is, we, if we want to get to that next level of glory, we have to acknowledge this. It's not, see, God loves desires. Can I tell you this? God loves desires. The idea is not that you'll become, a, you know, a, a, a sadhu. That's not the point here. But the point is sometimes these cravings are so strong in our lives that once if we don't get it, we are depressed. 
I don't have the joy of the Lord. Why? Because I didn't get that pizza. Something is wrong. I'm talking about food, but it could be anything else. It could be, it could be you getting married. It could be the inability, you know, to, to, to get a promotion. It could be anything, any craving that, that really robs you of the peace and joy that you have in Jesus right now is a sinful desire that needs to be overcome. Because, because the thing is, if the craving is what gives you this peace and joy, you will always be addicted to that, to that experience. For you to have that next splurge of joy, you need, to, you need to indulge more. Do you see it? But you are set free once and for all. You're set free. This is the weight I'm talking about. This is the weight. This is the weight that holds us back from moving into the glory of God. And it just comes in these light, you know, in, in, these, in these small, small things like small desire. And you get upset. You get disappointed. You get offended. Amen. You want to be like a rocket? Do you want to be like a rocket? Moving into the next level of glory? You have to lay aside weights that pull you down. Lay aside weights. And I'm, as I'm speaking, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will give light, will illuminate your heart for you to identify those weights in your life. And can I tell you this? We can't do this by our strength. We can't. We need the power of God. We need the power of God. It's not by might, not by power, but by Spirit of God. We need the power of God. So if lack of prayer is what you lack, ask God to give you the grace to pray. If food is what you need to overcome, ask God to give you the grace to overcome food. If chocolate is what you need to overcome, ask God to give you the grace to overcome chocolate. See, I'm saying it can be anything, guys. And this is serious. I'm, I'm being very serious with you. Anything that takes priority than God, that takes our worship, our adoration, is a false idol. Is, is actually stripping you from moving into the next level of glory. I'm not talking about heaven or hell. You are going to heaven, my friends, because you believed in Jesus. But I'm talking about moving into that next level of glory. If you want that next level of upgrade, you have to let go of that weight that pulls you down. That pulls you down. What is it? What is it? For me, it's food. For me, it's food. So I try fasting. I try fasting. Somehow push it till 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Then miss it. Eat, eat, eat. Eat as much as I can. But the, the point here is not how many times you failed. The point here is how many times you restart again. Heaven does not keep any account of how many times you failed. Can I say this? Love keeps no account of wrongs. But every time you get up, heaven keeps an account. So 100 times you failed, heaven has no account. But 100 times you got up, heaven has an account. So I'm failing. I push it till 2 p.m., I fail. No problem. Next day, start again. Push it till 5 p.m., I fail. No problem. Start again. You keep 
pressing on. Say with me, keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. Doesn't matter if you fail or not, but you keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. I, I want to believe I live a fasted life. I want to believe that, that for, for myself. That's what I'm pressing on for. Live a fasted life. Why should I live a fasted life? Because I want to live a life of consecration. Live a life set apart for God. Where Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If that is there in the Bible, it has to become my reality. It has to become my reality. So keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. What is the weight that is holding you back? What is it? What is it that you have, you have put so much? Is it your reputation? Or what people will say? What people will think? Because I'm this old, this, you know, I, I am in this position. People know me like this. Is it that? Is it a is it is it prestige issue? Because if you if you look at the Bible, everybody who followed Jesus, the first thing that they everybody who followed God, the first thing that they lost was their reputation. First thing. Moses moving from being a prince to a shepherd. From being a murderer to someone whom God can use to lead the people of Israel. If you're, if you're going to hold on to your reputation so much, oh, I need the next promotion because otherwise what will people think in the church? Because we are a people of faith. The pressure of giving their testimony. Or, or you know, how can I go to this church who keeps on talking about healing, 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 and I'm here sick? If that is what is holding you back, can I tell you something? Let go of that reputation. Put your confidence in God's power. Amen. Now we were in Bhopal and I'm speaking about resurrection. And I'm having this issue in my eye where my eyes twitch here and there. I'm having that problem for the last two weeks now. Uh, it's getting so difficult to preach. Felt like a hypocrite. Felt like, oh man, I'm speaking on the power of resurrection and here I am feeling an infirmity that is bothering me again and again. Felt like a hypocrite. And that is exactly when I had to say, Lord, it's not about me. It's about what you have entrusted upon me. I put my confidence in you. So while I was preaching, I released a word of healing. I said, anybody who has an eye on their left eye, because the left eye for me is twitching, so whoever has a problem in their left eye, I speak healing right now. It will never come back to bother you again. Amen? Why? Because it's not my reputation. Jesus' reputation. In fact, since the day I preached and since the day I released that word of prayer, it has become much better. Much better. So let go of weight, guys. Let go of that weight. What is pulling you down? Let go of that weight. Stop wondering about what people will think, what people will say. I'm telling you, these are lies of the enemy. These are lies of the enemy rooted in our culture. Let go. Think about what God says. Seriously, think about what God says, what God feels about you, what he experiences of you. Think about his opinion. Let go.
Amen. Hallelujah. So, one more vision that I saw and I'll end, okay. I saw, you know, when a pipe is being dug uh, to get underground water from the motor and when they run the motor for the first time, out of the pipe, before the water comes, comes all of this filth. And then the water comes. As I'm speaking to you, as you're hearing this message, a lot of filth will come. Don't suppress it. Let it come. Let it flow. Because when the streams of living waters flows, it flows with the filth that is there in your life. Let it flow so that it can clean inside out. Amen? So when you're sitting for prayer, when you're sitting for fasting, you feel angry. You feel hungry. You feel... You feel so disgusted. Let it happen. It's okay. It's okay. Don't suppress it. Acknowledge it. Let it flow. Let it flow. But it is after that flow happens is when you feel you are delivered from it. Amen. I'm telling you, most people who do fasting, they feel angry the first day. They're angry the first day. Oh, ask me. I, I know what it means. But don't suppress it. Don't worry. That is where you have the grace of Jesus to comfort you and to say, get up, it's okay, get up. It's not your reputation, just get up. Get up. Do you know how many times I feel like a hypocrite when I'm speaking from the pulpit? How many times I feel like a hypocrite? I'm like, God, I say all of these things. I, I can't live in my own life, this. And Jesus says, is it your words, my words? I say, your words. Amen. So we are not saying all of this because we are perfect. But we press on. Say with me, press on. Press on, my friends. Press on. Press on against disappointments. Press on against offenses. Press on against these cravings that you have in your life. Press on against the busyness of life. Press on. Press on. Amen. Amen. I just want to give you three things before we leave. Three things that I think will practically help you to posture your heart. Three things. One, a heart of humility. A heart that is willing to be teachable. Willing to, you know, just, just, just not, not allow pride and offense to, to take root in your hearts. That's a heart of humility. The second one is a heart of sacrifice, which is the heart of praise, thanksgiving, worship, generosity. Heart of sacrifice. Live a life of sacrifice. Live a life of sacrifice. Live a life of generosity. Right? Because worship is nothing without sacrifice. Worship is not just singing songs. Worship is sacrifice. Sacrifice of praise. When do you do sacrifice of praise? When everything in your life is going down. That is exactly when you do sacrifice of praise. When you choose to say, ah, no, 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 I'm not going to get disappointed by this. But I'm going to put a praise song and I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. That's sacrifice. It's sacrifice. A heart of sacrifice. Heart of humility, heart of sacrifice, and a heart of honor. Heart of honor. Because honor is the ability to recognize God and his moments. What is honor? The ability to recognize God and his moments. Martha, you know why she missed out in the God moment? Because she was busy. 
she did not honor jesus the way she should have honored she got busy you know sometimes the reason why we get busy is because we want to show everybody that we are important i'm an important person now the problem is here not that martha was serving the issue is not serving the question is did jesus ask martha to serve that's the question we get busy with unnecessary things without jesus telling us and then we start complaining if martha had honored who jesus is here's here's the thing jesus 100% man 100% god right is that right the moment jesus steps into the house mary recognizes the god in him martha recognizes the human in him because she recognizes the human in him she begins to say oh he's tired he's probably walked a long way i need to do something to serve him mary recognizes the god in him she sits at his feet starts listening to him that is what honor will do a heart of honor will tune your heart to recognize god and the moments you have with god every time you you push yourself in honor you can experience god moments every time every time every time just by tuning yourself heart of humility heart of sacrifice a heart of honor amen god bless you guys come on close with me let's close our eyes with and let's just ask the lord lord what are those weights that are pulling what are those weights that are pulling and what should i press on towards i want to press on i want to press on against offense i want to press on against materialism i want to press on against busyness in my life i want to press on i want to press on against familiarity i want to press on i want to press on i want to press on where god you become my very delight and desire you become my delight and desire one thing have i desired of you jesus that i will gaze at your beauty i will sit in your temple everything else everything else doesn't matter everything else is secondary i want to press on towards you i want to press on towards you come on just in your own words just take a moment take a moment to surrender because you can't you can't lay aside this weight by yourself you need the power of god you need god's grace you need god's grace so cry out for his grace cry out for his grace with everything that is there in your heart right now cry out for his grace say lord i need your grace i need your grace for prayer i need your grace for praise i need your grace for sacrifice i need your grace for humility i need your grace to fight against offense i need your grace to fight against materialism i need your grace to fight against familiarity i need your grace so that i can honor god i need your grace i need your grace come on come on come on come on open your mouth and speak it up because faith is specific 
It is specific. When you confess, when you release your faith, it is specific and it will, it will happen in your life because Jesus is the high priest of your confession. Release your words. Release your words. Ask the Lord to give you the grace, to give you the grace for prayer, to give you the grace for generosity, to give you the grace for patience. Come on, ask the Lord. Lord, I need your grace right now. I need your grace right now in my life. I need your grace right now. I need your grace. I need your grace. I will not leave this place until I receive your grace. Until I receive your grace for attaining your glory, O Lord. To move into the next level of glory. I need your grace in my life. Grace. I need your grace. I need your grace. I need your grace. Come on, guys, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Open your mouth and stir it up. Open your mouth and stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. For the supernatural to happen in your life, it requires the stirring of the Spirit and the spoken word of God to be released. Stir it up. So stir it up. Stir it up. Come on, pray. Pray with your hearts. Pray from the bottom of your heart and release it by your words. Pray from the bottom of your hearts and release, release them, release them. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, the anointing of Jesus will not pass by. It will come to me. Yes, it will break all yokes, all bondages in the name of Jesus. I am set free. I am loose once and for all. I am his beloved. I am his beloved. Jesus. Restore, restore the joy of salvation. Restore the joy of salvation. I speak right now the oil of gladness. You are anointed with the oil of gladness. You are anointed with the oil of gladness. The fire of the Holy Spirit that is in you. Yes, the oil of gladness. The oil of gladness. It will overflow, overflow, overflow. Come on, begin somewhere. It will overflow. Speak spirit of boldness. Speak spirit of boldness to touch your tongue. Spirit of boldness. Oh, reke de 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 de. Overflow, overflow. Let it 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 overflow. Oh, we won't be satisfied where we are. Let it overflow. We won't be satisfied. We need an upgrade in life. We need an upgrade. Let it overflow. Let it overflow. Let it overflow. Passion, a thirst for your kingdom. Stir it up. 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 Oh, stir it up. 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 Come on. Stir it up. Stir it up. Let your voices, let your voices reach out to heaven. Stir it up. Stir it up. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Do it, guys. Open your mouth. Come on. Come on. Increase. Increase. Increase.
Have your way in our lives. Have your way in our lives. Have your way in our lives. Come on, church. Will you pray this with me? Let your will be done. Come on. Let your will be done. Let your will be done. Let your will be done. Let it be done according to your word. 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 I receive your will upon my life. I receive, I receive the grace upon my life. Let it be done according to your word. Let your word be done in my life. Let your word be done in my life. Word be done in my life. Yes. 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 Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. <laughs> Let it flow. 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 I hear in my spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to touch you. So just let go, let go of every distraction. Let go of everything, anything or everything that is worrying or causing anxiety right now. Come on, just keep your eyes on Jesus right now. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. Let Him touch you right now. He wants to touch you. He wants to shape you. He wants to mold you. Let Him do it. Come on, if you can, just raise your hands because it says, Lord, I give you permission. Just give Him permission right now to move into your life right now. Give Him permission right now to move into your life and say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. Let Your will be done. I surrender. I see the Holy Spirit moving into your lives right now. I see the Holy Spirit moving into your lives right now. Every dark, empty, formless, void places of your life, the Holy Spirit is hovering. The Holy Spirit is stirring you up. It's stirring you up. Stirring you up. Stirring you up. Release. Come on. Come on. His word is being released. And He says, let there be light. Let there be light. 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 Light in every dark places of your life. Healing. Healing in every sick areas of your life. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Every death, every death in any area of your life be resurrected right now. Right now, in the name of Jesus. The resurrection power of Jesus. The resurrection power of Jesus brings it back to life right now. Right now, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Your emotional hearts are being raised back to life right now. Right now. And God is filling it with love. With love. Unconditional love. He is filling you again to His fullness right now. The Holy Spirit moves in your life right now. Right now. Right now. Yes. Yes, 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 yes.